0: Hello oh, and welcome to another edition of the 16 ounce canvas, the Art of Care of Beer podcast. My name is AJ Cairns, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our parts and introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. It's a lovely concept. We meet some lovely people, and this week is episode 124. Whoa. 124 episodes. This week's artist is graphic designer, illustrator, and can designer for Definitive Brewing, the extremely talented Laura Bramley. We came to learn of Laura actually in person, in 3D, while visiting Definitive, and we had an amazing experience, and we just kind of making new friends. The crew over there, the hospitality, is top-notch, and we were just chatting them up. Learned about them You know I had been to You know One industrial way before And had You know Been to the various breweries And this was new for me And so Yeah Had a great experience there And we just Was uh, talking to Lara, And found out she did the cans And kind of You know It was uh, It was a no brainer You know We love Maine We love the beers You know Definitive is doing some great stuff And we're really excited to uh, Be able to share this one with you Lara's handle on Instagram Is Sugar is great for you She is a. Uh, kind of a, I wouldn't say health nut, but she's super, you know, healthy, you know, forages and, you know, loves mother nature. So it's kind of a funny story about that. When we get into that, you learn about how she started working, you know, with Definitive, her story, her adventures, you know, just got some good energy. And also on that vein, we're really excited to announce, uh, if you haven't picked up on it already from our story that Laura is going to be one of our artists that we are having uh, this year's The Art of Craft Beer Hubbub in Bridge to Maine, September 28th and 29th. We're super psyched to have her a part of that. You can find out more information about that at theartofcraftbeer.com. It's uh, hot off the presses, so you know Laura is uh, one of the six that we have announced so far. We're super excited about that. More information, tickets, etc., cetera, will be up on the website in coming days honored to be teaming up with uh, Will Holmes, Standard Gastro Pub, All Roads Hub in Bridgeton, Maine. This week's episode, my part is a little bit pre-recorded because we're actually in Maine, so I like to think that when you're listening to this one, I'm probably, you know, relaxing, having maybe a nice lobster roll or lobster grilled cheese and, you know, doing a little bar hopping, just kind of uh, taking it all in and meeting some of the great folks and alumni that we've had throughout the years. Whew. That's kinda of crazy to think about too throughout the years. But we love vacation land, we love everything up there and so it's just really exciting that an Ivy lying. we timed it so that we would have a Maine artist while we're in Maine, really kinda of drive that home, you know, the importance and reason why we're doing this year's event in Maine, because Maine has become such an important part of our family. And to be able to share an experience and do something that I love and do it in a community that I've really kind of, you know, grown. And you know, it becomes a part of us. Uh, it was just really, uh, it's really special for us. And it's just uh, this is year one, and I'm just uh, you know, know it's just going to continue to grow and evolve over time. So really honored to be able to to do that. And uh, this week's episode is kind of uh, a tip of, another tip of the cap to you know, vacation land. So episode 124, right here. The 16 ounce canvas, one ozcanvascom oz canvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and make sure you use that hashtag tic tac toe number sign and spread the word. We will find you. That's how it works. People spread the word. We meet people. People tell us about their friends. And, you know, we kind of, you know, Jack Leacus over there at Six Point, you know, dropped a little love. And then, you know, it was kind of all kind of went from there. So let's get into it. What do you think? I think it's a good idea vacation land episode 124 the extremely talented creative artistic great designer good energy good insight perspective humble here she is Laura Bramley 16 ounce canvas let's do this hello and welcome to another edition of the 16 ounce canvas the art of craft beer podcast very excited to have with us today checking in for one of my favorite places on earth Portland Maine Laura Bramley we came to learn of Laura. We actually met Laura while I was up, uh, up in Maine for St. Patrick's Day, which is a you know amateur hour, but you know over at Definitive, and was really excited to to make that connection and, and learn that you were responsible for the labels and the graphic design at Definitive, and so it was just uh, a natural natural uh, progression to to have you be on the show. So thanks so much for for joining us today.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad to be here.
0: It's awesome. Yeah, like I said, we love Maine. So I mean, I really, uh, uh, you know and you just came out with a new shirt, you know, you're, you're, you're busy. you you've been pumping out labels. Definitive has been blowing up, but that's a teaser. We'll get to that, but we really, uh, the, the key here today is to to learn more about Laura as the artist. And, uh, what's the, uh, you know, we got a little bit of it before we started recording, but what's, uh, you know, what's your story, Laura? How did you kind of you know, find your, your calling?
1: Yeah. So I've always been an art kid, um, way back, you know, middle school and before that, I was always the kid that spent way too much time on my art homework and kind of didn't do any of my other (laughs) homework. And it was always the thing that I just had that I knew I was good at. And I knew I wanted to do something with it. But I don't know, it didn't really come together until the past few years. Um, I worked at the Great Lost Bear for about 10 years. And uh, during that time, I just started teaching myself graphic design um i don't know and it, it the way it happened was just organic like it just came about
0: all right so we talked earlier you even like even the early days you, you know laura used to be a new jersey girl so she's kind of closer to my my home of philly um Red Bank. Cheers. Um, and just, you know, do you remember always just kind of drawing but never thinking that like, okay, this is something I could do for my day to day? Like I always find that interesting, like just kind of what you... I think the way you described it was actually really good is the fact that you spent a lot more time on your art homework than your other homework. And I think that's, you know, just you can't... You can't, uh, you know, what the body wants and what the mind and soul want. You know, I think it's a, it's it's really nice that, you know, you can look back at your early days and, and see that that was your, you know, that was your calling. Maybe didn't realize it then.
1: Yeah, so I actually went to school for psychology at USM. Okay. Um, I have a degree there. And I started out as an art major. But uh, as these things sometimes go, I had a lot of pressure from people in my life saying, oh, you should do something more practical. And I kind of felt that way too. um, You know, as a young person, my early 20s, like, The idea of making it as an artist is pretty overwhelming. So maybe I second-guessed myself, but I ended up taking a bunch of art classes but majoring in psychology. And, uh, yeah, I graduated. And then I did not end up doing anything with psychology, and I just kept, you know, doing art until I was spending more time doing art than not.
0: Yeah, I think that... I think that we're kind of hopefully moving towards the idea that telling people like career advice that these like intangible things like art and design and create creative outlets are, you know, have, have a better, you know, career now. But I think, yeah, back in the day, um, the idea of telling somebody you want to be an artist or a graphic designer just sounded like just crazy talk. Like, you know, wah wah wah. like people were like, you're nuts. Like that's not going to pay the bills. I mean, the, and then psychology is not an easy one either, though. So I mean, they they told you not to do something with art, and they said be a, be a psychologist. That's another like, that's a di- that's another difficult. My my father does that, and so it's a it's another difficult uh, yeah. area of area of focus. But it's kind of ironic you haven't done anything with that, and you're 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 creating stuff on the on the regular, um, you know. Usually.
1: Well, what's interesting is I graduated with that, and for a while I was thinking that. I was like, oh, my God, I have this degree. Like, I haven't done anything with it. But what's really interesting, in the past year or so, as I've gotten more into graphic design, I've started to find some parallels between psychology and design. And, like, I've just started exploring this middle ground between the two and discovering that the two are actually extremely related. And it's, like, opening up this whole exciting new area of study for me. Um, I'm reading this really great book right now called The Design of Everyday Things, and it's basically a psychology book about design.
0: Okay, what? How? And uh, products evoke emotions and how they impact your how you feel.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and just how things can be designed well or not, and uh, it really can affect your lifestyle and like your day-to-day behaviors and everything.
0: Yeah, and a lot, and that's—I mean—and a lot of your work is very vivid. It's full of energy, full of color, and so I think that it definitely evokes emotion. It evokes a vibe of what you know, definitive is, and what you're doing. So I think, I mean, I, I definitely see the 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 intersections or the overlays there. It's uh, it's kind of exciting, and it'll be cool to kind of see where you take that.
1: Yeah, and I found the application of it can go beyond. 2d design um i've started getting interested in like architecture and the design of interior landscapes and like how that affects workflow and then i'll look into all that stuff and then kind of tie it all back into the 2d art so it's a really exciting thing that i'm looking into i don't really know like where it's going yet but like i have a cool feeling about it and i'm just going to keep following it and like see where it takes me
0: yeah, you're open to what the world's giving you, and I think that's cool. I mean, you know, like you said, I think that's I think it's great. You don't know you don't know where it's gonna go, but you're yeah, even just the way you look at stuff, and so it's been great. Yeah, I mean there's Chicago's one of those cities that I think architecturally always moves me. So I definitely I definitely feel that there's that it can really impact kind of how you feel about things. And so uh us see we'll see where it goes. I'm excited. Hell yeah. So So what is your now? Like I said before, we we didn't mention it, but sugar is great for you. That's not a uh, personal opinion of mine. And just that's uh, how you can find Laura. (laughs) Yeah, we're not getting political or anything like that. It's not a health podcast. But sugar is great for you. uh, Is you can find her on Instagram. You can follow along, see, you know, the different uh, phases of 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 work that she's doing, kind of how she's uh, enjoying life. Good, you know, mother nature work beer balance which is always cool to see and you can kind of see the different stages of your, your your process which I always think is awesome but what is what is your medium how are you you know creating I feel like you're multi you know multifaceted. so I think you probably work in a bunch of different mediums which I which I love but I don't want to speak for you
1: yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely um I've always been like a pen and paper person you can see by my style that I have a very like graphic style. I like to use lots of thick lines and kind of see how I can build textures using different line weights and shapes. Um, So that all started from using basically just like a micron pen on a piece of paper. Um, I find that really exciting, just like hand me a pen and a piece of paper and I'll see what I can do. But what's really changed the game for me in the last year is I got an iPad. Um, So I've been using Procreate with iPad pencil and basically, that's just streamlined my process and made things a lot more efficient, a lot faster. And it's um, because it's so much easier, it's allowed me to experiment in ways that I really wouldn't have had time for, just using you know old fashioned pencil paper. Like I used to use like this big ass light pad and masking tape and like layers of uh, tracing paper and all this stuff, which I still think is great, and I will revisit time and time again but um working with art professionally it's essential to you know be efficient and be able to just put stuff out versus taking so much time to do stuff like that so um yeah mainly procreate uh I definitely dabble in other mediums mainly in the playful stage when I'm just kind of like drawing stuff for myself and trying to get inspired uh I have a big ass trunk of art supplies that I've been carrying around for years which hasn't been easy because I've moved like once a year for the past 10 years so I've just been carrying this big ass trunk of art supplies and if I'm in need of some motivation I'll just go in there and grab like one of my favorite things I have this like humongous willow charcoal stick that's like basically like a wand and I can just pull that out and like get a big sheet of paper and just fuck around on it and uh, see what comes out.
0: Yeah, I, uh, it's, I, 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 I was, sorry, I was laughing at the visual of, like, having to move in just, like, this trunk, and every time you move, you're always just, like, what do I, what do what do I keep, what am I trimming down with, but it's, like, the trunk is always just being dragged around town, like, like, just. Yeah, like, just, and I'm
1: always adding to it, and I, like, still have all my stuff from when I was, uh, taking art classes in Gorham, and I would have to get on the USM bus from Portland with my, like, big portfolio and, like, stack of art supplies, and, uh. Yeah, it
0: was very burdensome. Yeah, just I mean, it's yeah, it's impressive because it's just yeah, it's like those things you don't normally see. It's like oh, this is a great piece of work I worked on, but then like the idea of you just lugging this shit around all over town, it's almost like a bad yeah, a bad comedy.
1: Well, yeah, and the way technology has progressed, like if I were to go to art school now, I would probably really just need to carry my iPad, which is really easy. So <laughs> yeah, it's... I think uh, kids these days might have it easier.
0: That'd be a fun animation, like, just to show, like, your whole trunk, basically, and just have it, like, you know, shrink, and then it just goes into your iPad, and it's just like, okay, because yeah. we've had a discussion before where, you know, traditional people or people that really like the hand-drawn and the feel of it, they would, ca- they, they would say, if I wanted to have, you know, a few different brushes, I'd have to carry around, you know, tons of shit, and now it just fits in this, like, messenger bag, and it's really, you know, it's it's awesome but yeah it's uh it's kind of crazy too so it's it's
1: yeah it's pretty amazing but I mean I'll never I'll never not use real materials too I think that's really important to stick to the real stuff as well
0: yeah I I, I know that's the biggest that's probably folks lo- like you're saying like allows you to be more creative because you can easily you know the fixes and the layers and just kind of trying stuff and kind of Getting a little, you know, getting a little weird, but I definitely—that's probably the most common thing we get for folks who tr- transition to, you know, the the Wakeums or the iPad Pros—is that there's nothing tangible when they're finished that they can like look at and say, "Okay, this is what I worked on for, you know, twenty yeah, hours." and so sure. that's that's. I kinda, mean, you can print yeah.
1: something out or get a print made, but in a way, it's definitely not the same.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I, you take the good, you take the bad. I didn't mean to you know, take them both. Um, I, sure. Yeah, I just quoted the facts of life, so I, I'm going to transition out of uh, out of that mess. And um, one other thing I noticed again: sugar is great for you. And I, we'll take we'll take it word question. Where does the sugar is great for you come from? I mean, you probably created that years ago and never thought that it would be like your <laughs> your prof- yeah. your professional handle. Yeah, right. But um, yeah, what's the story there?
1: Uh, yeah. So the truth is, it began as sugar is bad for you
0: oh, okay. um, for the
1: first like four years or so. That was the handle. And I was in my early twenties. I was really interested in nutrition. Um, and I went through like being a vegetarian and just reading about the farm factory system and stuff. And I read a lot about how sugar affects your body. And I was studying psychology at the time too, which was a lot of physiology and, uh, just read about how sugar can be really damaging, um, cause inflammation all that stuff so I just like needed a name and I was like well I'm vibing with this right now sugar's bad for you don't eat it and then had that for a few years and then I think it's probably a year or two ago I was just kind of trying to pick out a new name kind of bored of that one I was like why am I being so negative what if I just flip it and make it sugar's great for you and it just stuck
0: well, yeah because i was gonna say if you also follow along you do eat very healthy you know you're for you know you're foraging for mushrooms you know your chanterelles and what have you oh, yeah and then so it's just like it's i think it's yeah it, it's it's fun because it doesn't it doesn't really fit what you know the the, the at least the the brand that you're showing out there so i i, I like that that story is it's like let's
1: yeah i like the contrast like it's just kind of funny it makes you think and it's definitely a name that sticks in your mind
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And I was like, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna ask about that. And then like, you're more and more of these pictures. Are you going get mushrooms, which is totally cool. But I mean, I'm not a mushroom person because it's a texture thing. But um, my wife and my brother in law, they went, they went, they took a class, like a mushroom class, a couple years ago up in like Vermont or it might have been deep Maine. Oh yeah. And like, and it was awesome. Like they were all about it. And so like they would just go forage for you know that would be like their assignment for the day. Like after class to go forage and they'd all come back and sh- they'd have dozens of different, you know, types and what have you. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I actually did a mushroom workshop in Vermont like a couple years ago.
0: It has to be, Maybe the s- it has to be, the s- <laughs> it has to be the same one. I mean, I can't imagine there's it like a whole, right. And it was just said like, there were a lot of older folks. They were like super, you know, one of the, pro- the story I remember is like gin time was like a big deal. They were like all the old folks would drink their gin in the, in the evening and what have you. But yeah. I don't know. I would love to. I would love to find out if it was the same one. I mean, I would actually. I would, I would love to find out if it wasn't. Like, if it was like a whole nother like network of you know chanterelles and yeah. You know, yeah. Well,
1: I mean, there's mycology clubs all over the country. Yeah, so I, know, but it, I just feel like, it's like yeah. I think the guy I went through was themushroomforager.com. Right. He's like based in Vermont and does workshops.
0: All right, that'll be my homework. I'll, I'll follow. I'll follow up on that. <laughs> I'm really hoping it's the same person. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Now, as I mentioned, you know it was. I got I, this is a personal thing. When I met you, I had an awesome time at Definitive, and there was wonderful. And then you mentioning that you actually knew about the podcast that made me feel so cool. So I just wanted to thank you for, <laughs> for, for that. It was awesome. I was like, wait, what? It's, sure. That's always It's always weird to me. Like I, I do this because I love it. Just why? I mean, that's why we all do what we do. But it was just really that was I was, I was feeling good, and it was uh, it was because of that, and, and the beers were pretty awesome too. But. With yeah. that, with that said, you know you do the work at you know Definitive uh, Brewing, and you've been you guys have been pumping it out like you've been super busy. So what is what is your kind of process like there? You know how is how is it that you're working with the you know the team over there to to bring your you know labels to life? Like what's the what's the project management and, and process like?
1: Yeah, um, well, it's been pretty crazy lately, as you probably noticed. We put out so many new beers just this year. And I mean, in this whole first year that we've been open, um, I'm coming to the end of a marathon right now of seven labels in seven weeks. am actually wrapping up the seventh one at the end of this week, but uh, it's really just been a plunge, like, you know, swim or die. Um, and starting with the team, I mean, Definitive started from the ground up, and none of us really had a lot of experience with this process, so we just kind of started doing it. Um, I think it makes sense to go back to kind of how I started at Definitive and like how I did the first label.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So. So uh, Definitive opened in May 2018, and. I knew some of the people who were starting up the brewery, and uh, I had been working at the Grey Lost Bear, you know, forever, and kind of wanted to do something new, so I was like, hey, I'd be interested in working here, and my friend, who was the tasting room manager at the time, said, hey, why don't you come by and just start helping out, or just show up, so uh, during the build-out, like, painting the walls and everything, I just started showing up for the first couple weeks, and, like, lending a hand wherever I could. And, uh, by the end of the two weeks, um, one of the owners came up to me and just like, so you're working here now. And I was like, yeah, I guess.
0: So,
1: So, uh, I got offered a position in the tasting room and, um, at the time, so Jack Liakis, who does the labels for six point.
0: Nice. He's really good friends with,
1: yeah, he's, uh, great friends with dylan who's one of the owners and the head brewer so he had done the original four labels and the definitive logo but uh he's really busy down in new york and everything so everyone at was talking about seeing our first can which was a double IPA called industrial crossbreeds and i kind of just like piped up and poked them and i was like hey uh by the way like i know how to do this like i can use illustrator and i draw and stuff they're like oh really uh why don't you show us what you got so i drew up a label and showed it to them and they loved it and uh just went from there
0: there you see look at that story folks work you know right place right time put put, stick your you know raise your hand and ask for more and yeah it's awesome because your labels are really unique I, i like and again if you go to Sugar is great for you. I, when you show your labels, most of them, I love how you show the full pattern of where, like it, it makes up the label. You know, it's kind of like the, the quilt or the full, almost like if you rolled out the whole label and you sit it on top. So the, even just the presentation of your labels, you know, uh, you know, I'm looking at the most recent uh, portals with the the mango and vanilla has the you know, kind of like a, a tribal, like almost an Indian style like. You know, peace rug or something like that too, which is really cool. Yeah, but...
1: yeah, yeah, like southwestern, like Aztec rug.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it, it yeah. it's it it's perfectly. Yeah, and it really fits, and it kind of it shows because sometimes you know with with detailed patterns like that, you can't you know you you don't always see it as it should be seen on the can. You know, for lack of space, and I think you do a great job of presenting that. So, you've really... yeah,
1: I mean that's what's really interesting about the definitive labels is that we've stuck to the logo being front and center with sort of the, uh, diamond motif. And so that's forced me to be creative in using that pattern. I mean, I can't really break out of that. Whereas I've worked on other cans before and most cans kind of have more room to play with the whole canvas. You can kind of move the label around or the logo or whatever, but, um, in a way, it felt restrictive, but in another way, it's been really interesting and like caused me to find solutions to that that I wouldn't have thought of before. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because folks at home and you go to Definitive brew, uh, brewing, and you can see their their labels. Um, but also, it's right in the front is the you know is the logo. But you change the colors of that, or you know, with, use the, the backdrop for that and the different. You know, for the anniversary, it had kind of a foil vibe to it for the, the Orbit cans. And there's this power diamond, and that kind of, like, it all starts from, yeah. and then it expands around the can. So, yeah, it's been a good template, because it allows you to get creative around it, but it's still, it's, you know, it's consistent, which is which is what you kind of look for. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it maintains that, like, striking, like, definitive look, hmm. like, very yeah, strong and bold, like, yeah. definitive
0: Yeah, it's definitive. It's definitely a definitive look, and you've... you've, It's
1: definitive, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's... No, but it's fun, because I think that it... I definitely could see, you know, 30,000 feet, how there's times when that's probably uh, difficult or limiting, and you've really kind of... You've really just pushed the envelope. There's some... I mean, if you go to Definitive Brewing on Instagram, you go to their website, you know, those labels, they're all... They they just have have a feeling. It's a vibe to it. It's, It's fun. A lot of times, I'll post them all all out together in one shot and it really just shows, like I said, that that style sheet, logo, dead center, name of the beer below it, but they're all kind of, from there, they're all different, which I love.
1: Yeah, and it's nice because I feel like it's allowed me to sort of develop a style that is definitive, that isn't necessarily, like, my own style. So if I go and, like, create my own sort of art, I like to think that it would look quite different from that. Um, I like the idea of definitive having like its own style that I do for it that is reserved only for it and can kind of become you know a look that people see it and they're like obviously that's definitive
0: yeah I think it's a good um, testament to you as a you know as a designer that that you're able to remove yourself from that that you're able to have these you know what is Laura, you know, Laura's art is not definitive, and you know, because I think a lot of people try to, you know, force the, the round peg into the square hole, and try to be like, well, and it's it, to be open to, definitive zone brand not being you is is really cool and kind of bring it, bringing it to life, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I'm constantly working with the owners to figure out what kind of look they want. Um, it's very much a Process with all of us. So, basically, how the labels work is they give me a lot of freedom to kind of come up with the concept and make the label. And then, when it's like near the end stage, is when I'll show it to them. And so, I'll show the four owners, and we all talk about it together. And they'll come up with suggestions. I mean, sometimes they just love it off the bat. They're like, cool, let's go. And then, other times, you know, they might want to see different colors or move different elements around. And so the end product that you see is always like all of us agreeing on something and putting it together, which is also cool.
0: Yeah, I I think that yeah the the trust factor so that when you bring it to them, it's more just like a fine tuning than it is of like a scrap that. back. You're listening to episode 124, the 16-ounce canvas featuring artist, illustrator, forager, designer, Laura Bramley, Definitive Brewing, Instagram, you can follow along with her adventures, Sugar is Great for You. We do not agree with that. If you listen to the interview, obviously, you know that she does not either, but the irony, it's warm fuzz, it's a good joke, makes for a good laugh. But uh, we did some we did do some research, and unfortunately, uh, my wife and brother in law did not go to the same camp, which sounds ridiculous when you say "camp" for adults and talking about mushrooms. But uh, they went to the Eagle Hill Institute, um, which is in Steuben, Maine, and it was a uh, more of a study of fungi and what have you. And they did forage for for mushrooms. So there are more than one out there, as uh, as Lauren mentioned. So. There you have it, folks. The universe is bigger than we think, but uh, it's just, uh, it just still was kind of funny to think that. But you're listening to 16 Ounce Canvas, episode 124. Remember, theartofcraftbeer.com. Lars, one of our featured artists. It's going to be a wonderful event. We're going to have live music, food trucks. We're going to do what we do and flip the traditional, you know, beer fest on its head. Focus on the art. Have some beer not the other way around so other folks have tried to do in the past we've got it down to a good science and we're really excited to be able to share this with you bridge to maine all roads hub look for more information stay you know stay wherever it you found us tag us what have you 16oz canvas etc etc so if you haven't been to maine you, you need to go to one industrial way and the new space, Definitive has, now they have some kick-ass old-school video games, but it's great. Got good people working there, working hard, doing some cool collabs. You know, we talk about, you know, that collab, collab label, which is pretty unheard of, which is pretty amazing. And just, uh, it's an all-good experience, and what I love about that area, and just kind of about Maine in general, is just, the kind of the, I didn't mean, like it's not even Kevin Bacon level, it's like three degrees of separation everybody's helping each other out everyone's really supportive and I think I think if you live in Maine for a certain number of years you get like tourism board credits because the things and knowledge that people drop and share with you about different spots because of this interview when this airs we're in Portland and we're staying in the south part of Portland which Laura recommends in this interview so that we can be closer to Oxbow and Good Fire and New Austin Street and what have you so It really just kind of ties everything together, and so that's always been, you know, fun. You know, we have a good crew, you know, a lot of them we've yet to meet, so we're hoping, you know, hoping when we update you guys next week about the adventures we had in Maine, we'll have some stories of uh, the folks that we've met along our way. You know, these are the people in your neighborhood, the people that you meet when you're walking down the street each day. I like that song. Maybe we should play that song. Anyway, this is episode 124. I'm rambling. I'm excited. I'm in Maine. You should be here. Come join us. How about in late September? It'll be beautiful. It'll be awesome. Theartofratbeard.com. And you get to meet Laura in person. What do you think about that? Let's get back to it. I understand. My ramblings are pretty bad. Now, you said you did seven in seven weeks. So what's the typical... I mean, now that you did that many in that amount of time, that's gonna be kids they're gonna expect that from you all the time. But what's the typical life cycle like? Like how much time are you getting between you know, <laughs> Yeah <laughs> the laugh um, the laugh says it all.
1: <laughs> it's been crazy. Uh, I feel like I'm still holding my breath. I can't I'm gonna feel really good after this. But um yeah, it's I'd say like well, I wanna say a week because that's how it's been, but I guess I've been forced to be able to do it in a week which is really cool it's made me like grow and be able to do something fast but I'd say the longest part of the process is just coming up with a good idea and I mean I've heard other artists say this before but it's so true like I know how to draw stuff and like make stuff look cool but like if you don't have the concept and like good composition, good color palette all figured out, um, it's not going to look good, and so I basically start with, like, really rough sketches just in my sketchbook, and, uh, I'll just mess around with it. Sometimes I'll print out, just, like, a blank definitive label with the logo and the diamond, and I'll just doodle around it and keep doing that over and over until I hit on something that, like, feels right, and then take it from there, but, like, Once I have the concept, it can take anywhere from a couple hours to sometimes I end up pulling my hair out and I'll take a few days on it. But it really varies. Like every, I'd say every label has its own personality and like getting it from concept to finish is just like a journey every time. And I don't always necessarily know how I'm going to get there, but it always works out at least so far.
0: All right. The journey. It's all part of the journey. Now, some of the beers, you know, they're like the Portal series is, di- you know, is different and what have you. Is there, is there any? Are you are there? Questions you're asking about the beer it, that help with your, your color palette or the the vibe of the the design? Like, what is what information do you, do you have? The name before you start on it. Like, how how does that go?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I always wait until we have a name to get started because. I mean, sometimes they're themed or whatever, and um, the ingredients in the beer usually play a factor. Um, I've come up with some pretty, like, crazy color schemes before, and then I've had to have the team, like, kind of reel me back a little bit and be like, hey, we'd like to reflect the ingredients in the beer, like, a little bit more, even the color scheme. So, like, you know, for the strawberry vanilla uh, vanilla dome, we made it, like, kind of, pink and green to reflect strawberry but other times like you can only do so many different colors for an IPA so like I mean an IPA can be a double IPA like you're not going to make every label look like the color of the beer so there's more room to be fun with that but uh I don't know like a stout maybe a darker color but it really depends I mean there's so many goddamn labels out there eventually you just need to be able to do something
0: that stands out yeah and they do yeah they do stand out and what I think is cool you uh, most recently uh, you know did collaborations with uh, Burlington uh, beer company and the the label work was a collaborative effort right I mean that's pretty I think that's really unique you know how, how did that go yeah yeah
1: that was so much fun um, so we did two collaborations Um Burlington Beer came over to Definitive and brewed. And then, so uh, Tim over at Burlington Beer and I basically just started an email chain. We were throwing concepts at each other and we basically just combined our two ideas. And then for the one that they brewed with us, um, he made all the graphic elements and then he sent them to me kind of in rough form. And then I put it all together on the label and colorized it and textured it and everything. So we did that and then we basically flipped the process when we went over there and brewed. Um, I drew most of the graphic elements and then sent them over to him. And then he kind of pieced it all together. He added a couple of his own elements, did all the colors and everything. So, I mean, and I think both labels came out great. Like we had a blast working together and I actually haven't even met him in person, but we kind of have this cool back and forth, like via email. Um, Yeah, it was awesome. Like, first time clobbing with someone else but it was a great experience and i would love to do
0: it again yeah i think that's really unique we don't um a lot of times it's kind of like okay whoever brewed it, brewed it does it like lay, gets in control of the label and i was up there i think yeah i was up there when i was up there like that new that i think it's the new toast came out or at least it was on draft and it was it was yeah it's, the a, new k- to- yeah it's a killer beer and so we i definitely came home with a bunch of that and so it was cool to see it in the most recent one um I was like it just it just screamed that you got, that you worked on it and it was collaborative, but it it's cool because it it has a you know the the Burlington, you know, beer company vibe to it. And so I just yeah, stuff yeah. like that is, is well, really... That
1: was really fun because Burlington beer obviously has a very distinctive style. They use the you know, monoline look. It's all vector shapes and very two D and uh so I had to fit my style into that framework. And that was really fun, like pushing myself that way. And uh, yeah, I love how it came out.
0: Yeah, and I think it goes into what you were saying before about kind of just you know working within the confines or the limitations of something is is exciting, right? It's, it's it
1: is. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. it can be overwhelming to have no rules and just be like go make whatever you want.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, to- I totally agree. <laughs> it's like you have this many colors, you have this many, you know, you- or this many days, or yeah, I, I like that. Although. I- I- I-
1: feel that way with definitive labels sometimes because it's just like I mean I've asked the guys before like hey what do you want on this label and they're like I don't know like make it look great I'm like all right let's go (laughs) so sometimes it's just like oh my god where do I even begin but I always find one like piece of inspiration or something or song or idea that's inspiring me at the time and I usually like start from there and then see where that can take me
0: well, whatever your whatever that process is, the stress included, it's uh you're killing it. So it's good. Yeah, it was really. Uh, Thank you. I was really happy to see that the heron. Uh, I thought that was just a cool. I, and then you to say you guys worked on it together. It was. Uh, I don't know. Stuff like that stands out to me. I probably there's probably only a handful of folks who've done it. Yeah, I know that. Uh, like and Trillium did it, ad- but like I can't I can't find many people that did it. Sorry to talk over you, but yeah. Really,
1: well, maybe we should start a new thing
0: yeah if you're listening yeah i mean i i probably what what nerdy thing i do is and whatever i'm already i mean if you're if you're, if you're already listening to this podcast you're you're bought into the idea that i'm kind of nerdy but is i look at different guests we've had and go man i love that i i do like weird pairings in my head all the time so i'm always yeah i'm always thinking of like who'd be cool to collaborate on something together so well
1: i mean I it know. makes sense if you're collaborating beers the brewers yeah. are together like why not have the The designers collab together. Just like a collab, collab.
0: Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, especially (laughs) now with things being so digital, you know, the the sharing of files and the lay, you know, layers and what have you. I think it's yeah, and I I like to the if you look at the definitive, I, I the the diamond, the main diamond, whatever you guys call it, but like the top above the logo is always. That space is really smart, saved. I mean, it probably wasn't intended initially, but now, or maybe it was, but to save that for when you're doing collabs, to put in the other person's logo or what have you, so it it doesn't, you know, you can, you can still work with the, the, um, the master design that you guys have their style sheet for stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So you're in Maine, which is kind of like, heaven on earth for me what do you what kind of beers are you drinking what are you into i mean there's so many good beers up there i think that you could probably just ramble oh my god! yeah yeah uh
1: where to begin um i mean i work in industrial way so i go to those breweries a lot and have a special fondness for them um battery steel our neighbors love their ipas uh Golden Path, their Pilsner is one of my go tos. So good. Um, love anything by Austin Street. Um, I like their Anodyne IPA a lot. Uh, good Fire, their IPAs are ridiculous. Um, I don't know. Yeah. There's like too many beers to even name. Yeah. I'm like a little beard out, almost.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's- Not really, but. It can be tough. I mean, it, it's tough up there. I and mean, that's the beauty of Maine is like everything that's done, f- food, beer, you know, want, whatever, everything is just to a next level up there. And so there's just so much goodness. It's, you can never, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm up there. I'm not there as much as you are, but I guess can I can't see getting tired yeah. of it. I just would probably have to curb the amount I would do or I'd probably be in at like 50 pounds. No, I,
1: it's not, it's not a matter of like getting sick of a beer. It's a matter of like taking care of myself and right. staying hydrated. There's just like too many good things
0: around. Well, you can spin um, it, right? Alcohol makes sugar, the whole thing, right? So just, you know, it's, it's great exactly. for you. It's great for you. Well, alcohol
1: converts <laughs> to sugar in your yeah, blood, so. Exactly, right? It basically is, beer is sugar, is great for
0: you, you know? There you go. And then, yeah, just stay hydrated, folks. Drink some water because too much sugar, <laughs> too much sugar, hangovers are not great for you. That, that'll never be here, uh, uh, hashtag. Yeah. But, yeah, what was really cool and to talk about Definitive, like we had never been there. And so, One Industrial Way is just like it's this great incubator and like community. It's just kind of a great story. And then we go, I go there and see this, you know, the new space from Definitive. And the fact you guys were open at 11 a.m. was pretty clutch. It was awesome. So, I was really, I was a huge fan of that. So, we spent a good amount of time there. But uh, it was just great hospitality, great beers, great space, you know. It's kind, of, you know, it's kind of cool and made me think because it was before I knew you did the collab with uh, Burlington Beer. You both have uh, old school Nintendo systems in your in your tasting room which I think is a nice little uh, yeah. nice little connection. Yeah, nice little my, connection point.
1: Yeah. It's actually my uh, Super Nintendo that I had when I was a little kid.
0: That's amazing. That's, yeah. That's and pretty,
1: I'm sitting on an N64 that I've been thinking about bringing
0: into the tasting
1: room. Uh, I mm-hmm. have like Twenty
0: games. You're uh, yeah, kind you're, of
1: like the little
0: goldmine. Yeah, I was gonna say that now. Now <laughs> that that's now that that's on uh, on the record, folks. So send your request in for the N sixty four. I don't
1: like, know if I should have said that, but like, yeah, gonna
0: know, come after me. You get a lot of game. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot of like people being like, oh, "I'm here for the uh, N sixty four. Where's that, please? Oh, you wanna buy a beer? Yeah, yeah, right. You should have a beer, like old school gaming systems or something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, industrial way is obviously great, but um, been really excited about kind of a new neighborhood in town that's been kind of becoming like a second industrial way. Um, East Bayside, are you familiar with like how no. that neighborhood's been growing in the past year?
0: No, let me know because I gotta find a I gotta find an Airbnb from we go up there, so maybe we'll look into that.
1: Yeah, so East Bayside, kind of like Washington Ave area. Um, Oxbow is there. Oxbow so okay. Oxbow's like on that strip of Washington Ave. And then really in the past couple of years, that area has just been growing and becoming a really cool neighborhood to visit. Um, down the street from Oxbow, you have Good Fire, which is in the same building as Lone Pine. Across the street from them is Urban Farm Fermentory. And then just down the street from them, you have Austin Street's brand new facility. Oh, okay. That's where and I'm from. And they're Rising Tides. And then just like this past week, um, Portland's newest brewery just opened called brewery extrava. And they're like specializing in Belgian style beers and they're like right next to rising tide. So like that whole area is just another place you can visit and walk around and like hit up, you know, five different breweries within walking distance of each other.
0: I love Maine, And so,
1: (laughs) yeah, it's great. Like it's, so awesome and so one of my favorite things when i'm working in the tasting room is having people come in never been to portland before and asking what they should do and like there's just no end of things i can tell them to do like there are so many awesome places to visit yeah like you can make your pit stop you can go to industrial way go to the five breweries there and then take an uber downtown go to east bay side hit up another five and then the perk to East Bayside side is that they're also surrounded by a bunch of amazing restaurants, which we unfortunately don't have down on industrial way near Westbrook, but, um, downtown has it all.
0: Yeah. And what I love is when you talk to folks, uh, from Maine, it's like, it's basically everyone should be getting like, a, kind of like a little paycheck from the tourism bureau, because it's such a genuine rattle off of all these places to go and things to eat. Whenever I come to town, I'm like, any recommendations? And it's just like, most of the time it's like well this is the email I've I've been sending out to everyone who keeps asking me that <laughs> and so it's like saved in their you know their draft folder but like it's just great it's just so great like I can't wait you know we had Ryan yeah. Ad- we had, we interviewed Ryan Adams his episode's coming up you know he he did the label for for good oh, Fire. Nice. and we want to you know got to check that out next time we're in town but yeah there's just so many great places to go and so I'm very excited and it'll be you know looking forward to our Yeah. Like our, it's probably our 10th maybe 10th or more trip up there you know in the last few years so we definitely Pretty excited to get back up there,
1: yeah. And I mean, I love kind of playing tourist in my own town because people come to town, they want to go out to eat and drink, but like you know, when I have free time, I like to do that too, <laughs> yeah.
0: Part- yeah, <laughs> and it's so great, yeah. There's so many, like, yeah. I think it's got a little probably since the Bon Appetit Award, it's probably been a little crazier up there, but it's uh, that's the beauty of it. There's so many places that it's not, there's not, there's not just a couple, you know, there's dozens, so it's it's. At, yeah, and, and
1: I actually live uh, right around the corner from the East Bayside area, so I can like walk out my front door and be at Oxbow in two minutes, and then go down the street, get dinner at Baharat, and then go to the zoo afterwards, and it's just like a really great night out.
0: There you go. There's some. There's some. There's some recommendations there, folks. A little little name <laughs> dropping, which is awesome. Yeah, no, because I've been I've been yeah. Oxbow did. Duck fat, been in that whole area, so I definitely, um, yeah, I'm excited to to get back up there. I want to check out the new Austin Street, and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be great. Maybe we should stay for for longer, or we'll yeah. just or we'll move there. Who knows? I don't think that's gonna happen yet, but I think that might. It's on the list of one <laughs> of my retirement places is is to go to Maine. So we'll see. Gotta keep yeah. gotta keep getting older. So <laughs> so you always you said you get inspired by different you know different things that happen or you know kind of when you're working on your your projects what's what's what kind of music you listening to what's what's on the playlist
1: oh man um or just in general yeah
0: or just in general like what do you what are you you listening to now
1: yeah uh so lately on my heavy rotation um i'd say so i i went to a show at the state theater a couple weeks ago it's this band called Krungbin um they do kind of like high funk like jammy almost like psychedelic jam rock type stuff um so they've been on my heavy rotation um a band that opened for them at state theater was called kikagayu moyo and uh it was like these five japanese guys that are from amsterdam and they were just like incredible and so i started listening to them afterwards uh So that's basically what I've been listening to nonstop for the past couple of weeks. Um, But like in terms of some of my other favorite music, one of my longtime favorite bands is Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Uh, They're amazing. They've come to Portland a couple of times, but I keep missing them. Uh, But uh, yeah, like basically whenever I'm drawing, I'm listening to music. So it's definitely a big, source of inspiration for me um even if i like find a really good song that i like it'll like put images into my head and i have to like write it down so um when i post some of my process videos on my instagram i usually like to tag a album or a song in with the video and that's usually like the song that i was listening to while i was working on it which is really cool
0: i like that a lot yeah so, so, okay. What what other bands? What, I mean, I'm just, I feel like, cause all the bands you've mentioned so far, I haven't heard of. So I figured this is a great opportunity for me to learn some more music. So what else, what else? You, you haven't
1: to? heard of Unknown Mortal Orchestra? What's
0: I think it? I have, but uh. I, I don't, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm okay. I can admit that. I think I have, but I'm not going to like, if you, yeah. would, I, I'd rather um, say I haven't uh, heard of them and then you ask me a question, I'd be like, oh, she caught me for lying. So yeah, I'm going to say, not, I, of them, yeah. not, not a lot.
1: Well, one of my favorite things, aside from telling people where to eat and drink, is telling people about music. So, oh, we'll
0: go, well, get good, do it up, good yeah. company.
1: Uh, <laughs> what about um, Team and Paula?
0: Yeah, I've heard of them. I can say that.
1: Yeah, I mean they're really big at this point. But um, I started listening to them in like 2014, especially this one guy named Kevin Parker, who's like ridiculously, just weirdly talented. Um, they're amazing. I, you know, I have albums by them that I've listened to a hundred thousand times and I can't really get sick of it. And they're definitely on my bucket list to see live. Um, Cigarettes After Sex, saw them play at Port City in Portland last year. Um, Actually, probably my favorite artist that I discovered last year is this Canadian singer songwriter named Andy Shaw. Okay. Also saw him in Portland recently. Um, He's like just this amazing angel who, like, is very narrative in his songs. Like, he's basically more like a storyteller than anything. And uh, just has these amazing, beautiful melodies and everything. So, that would be like my top, I don't know how many did I say? Six? Yeah. Six? Favorite. And then, uh, you know, I grew up listening to Neil Young and Bob Dylan. So, i love folky music narrative music like that and then i also uh you know love hip-hop r&b um grew up listening to tribe called quest and like de la soul stuff like that
0: yeah it's all yeah all good yeah i've seen yeah i was uh i saw my my cool fact it makes me how old i am but i saw tribe in concert that's kind of my fun fact and uh
1: you I saw a Tribe in concert?
0: Yeah, it was awesome. It was pretty great. Yeah, it was I was in oh, high school. God. Yeah, and I I feel so, so. lucky. Did we see? I think we saw De La Soul at Bonnaroo one year. I think they played. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm I'm 95 on that one. But um, there's just so many artists. That ours, sounds. So. Amazing. Yeah, that was good. It was a. It was <laughs> Bonnaroo was overwhelming, but it was. Uh, I remember that. It was like just kind of felt like okay, this is. I know where I know it was a safe place, and it was it was killer. But yeah, they were good.
1: Yeah. Oh, um. Also, Anderson Pack.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. His
1: album Malibu is like a big one for
0: me. See, I'm loving this. This is, I mean, we always say it, but this is the most self-serving question because I used to do radio, and so I always just love to get turned on to new music, and then, then, and then I'll act like it's my recommendation, and I'll, I'll feel cool. So it definitely helps. So I appreciate. <laughs> you. it. Gives me a little street cred. Yeah,
1: uh, I have actually a fun little anecdote about Anderson Pack too. I had the opportunity to give him a four-pack of definitive beer recently.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. He he most recently played there. Played up that way, right?
1: Yeah. He played at the new venue called Rock Row in Westbrook. It was actually the first show that they put on there. Uh, It was about like a month ago or so. But, uh, yeah, I was downtown, and I saw that he was in Portland, he like posted a video on his Instagram story of walking down commercial street. And at the time I was sitting in a coffee shop working on a label actually. And I saw that and I was like, Holy shit, I'm going to find him. So uh, I spent the next hour running around downtown looking for him and I saw his van. And so I wanted to give him some gear. So I ran into the Portland gear hub and bought a four pack of a, uh, he was behind the light and I ran down the street and like saw his tour van like just as they were getting in it. Like they were walking down the street to get in the tour van. And I like ran down the street and I ran across the street, like through traffic, waving this four pack in my hand. I run around and he's like just getting in the van and I just go, Hey Andy uh-huh. And he's like, Hey, what's up? And uh I was like, I just wanted to give you this beer.
0: And I gave him a four pack. like, I don't even know if you like beer, but here you go. A uh, big fan. Like I'll see you tonight. And yeah, he took
1: it. Nice. I like. I like the one with the Andy. Like he was probably
0: like, what is this girl talking about? <laughs> I was like, hey Andy. <laughs> He's like, hey, yeah. Well, good. I hope. Well, yeah. And I know. Yeah, I, I knew. And then I think Ryan did a did a mural with him. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. The, again. The music scene out there, there's all these new live venues that are popping up. And, you know, uh, yeah, folks, if you don't, if you never been to Pull the Main, you obviously don't listen to this podcast, but um, you really should get your ass up there and uh, check, out, check out One Industrial Way, stop by Definitive, bother Laura if she's in the tap room. That's what I did. And, you know, here we are. <laughs> Now now one last question for you kind of is you know someone who's your your path right you your psychology major and now you're doing art and design you know you're your sugar lover you know mushrooms you know what <laughs> you know what what kind of advice would you give for somebody who's you know thinking about or has that passion for you know art and graphic design you know kind of any any career advice you know given where you how you've you know kind of made your, your niche
1: yeah absolutely um i have a lot of i have some young friends who are trying to be artists and they're like talking about applying to mecca and getting student loans for like fifty thousand dollars a year and this stuff and uh while i absolutely see the value in an education and getting a degree i'd like to say that you don't need a degree to be an artist um I didn't actually take any graphic design classes at school. Everything I learned was self-taught. Um, the resources on the internet are ridiculous. Um, websites such as Skillshare.com and LinkedIn Learning have like inexhaustible resources to learn from, and they're not expensive, like especially compared to going to school. Like you can get a subscription to both of those websites for less than $500 in a year and learn, like, everything you could ever need to know about using Adobe Illustrator, Photoshop, all that. And so, like, I would strongly recommend anyone that's looking to get into this field or being an artist, like, teach yourself as much as you can and save your money and, like, you can do it. Just make it happen.
0: Yeah, I like that. I I like that a lot. I think... You know, yeah, the, the struggling artist part, you don't need to set yourself up to struggle, if, you know. <laughs> you can be a little smarter and learn. There's a lot of great tools out there, and it's, it's been really kind of cool. You know, we've had some different folks on who've uh, given advice, and I, I think it's important. I definitely find that folks listen because to be inspired by, you know, pe- colleagues or people in the, in, the, in the same grind as them. So I think that's a, I think those tools are really, that's really smart, you know. I mean, to,
1: we're so lucky to live in this time where we can just go on the internet and learn almost anything that you could want to learn. Like you can teach yourself.
0: Yeah. And like
1: another thing too, aside from like the online stuff is just finding people in your community that do what you do. Um, there's an incredible artist community in Portland. So many people doing great stuff. I mean, you mentioned Ryan Adams. I met him recently, uh, Hugh McCormick, you know, Heidi Geist, there's so many people doing amazing stuff. And as you know, I know you've talked to other people about this before, but the whole beer industry community, everything is very friendly and inclusive and welcoming of everyone. And I found that it's the same way among artists, like, instead of being competitive, we really help each other out and like help promote each other. And so if you're trying to be an artist, like, Get to know other people, other artists doing what you want to do. Get to know them, ask them questions like they are an invaluable source of information.
0: Amen to that. Yeah. I, I mean, main, main of itself. And, and even just the fact you're just dropping all those folks who, if you're, if you're your first time listening, folks, we've had those they're on previous episodes, uh, Hugh McCormick, Heidi, we got Will Sears over at Oxbow. You know, we just, uh, uh, you know obviously the the crew with you know pete with bissell you know heidi's done some bissell stuff and you know what have you scotty Hyduke. i mean i can go on and on and on about all the great artists up there yeah it ma- it's it makes, unbelievable it makes my... my job great i mean it's so easy i just fuck like, i just you know <laughs> I, I search for places in maine and it's like oh who did that boom all right and i you know and then i hope that they yeah. just do them like please do have done one like ryan just did one label but like we were been we following ryan forever and we're just like oh do a label dude and you know Good fire to one of his pieces. Yeah, peers, and it was a it was a no brainer. I was like, all right, cool. Well,
1: he also does like lots of murals around town. Oh like,
0: yeah, they're amazing and stuff.
1: So I mean, he's definitely involved in the industry. Oh yeah, influential.
0: Yeah, that's our only like that's our one criteria. It's just like we we try like so like we we follow a lot of like artists we really like, and we're just like hopefully someone's gonna do you know do one label with them, and so it's always it's always just a way for us to self servingly speak to wonderful people like yourself
1: yeah yeah
0: well art oh, thank yeah. you yeah thank you so much uh, I really appreciate you know your support and what you're doing and I think it's really you know those the labels are unique and in a uh, super kind of clustered space especially up there for your labels you know you put them visually to stand them up you know they would stick out and they would and I think that's what you really only thing you can one of the things you can hope for is to to have that unique branding and you've been you've been doing it and it's really cool to see
1: I'm i'm really excited to see how uh not just the labels but how definitive evolves over the next year because it's been like an exciting whirlwind of a first year and so much has happened and like we've just done so much already so it's really exciting to think about where it's gonna go from
0: here yeah the first year in any in any small business and that's also you gotta realize like that's that's another great part about Maine and you know the beer scene and just in general is the, the realization that these are all small businesses and everyone's helping each other you know you look at the murals on the wall you know this person recommends this person you know these persons doing their branding it's really everyone's supporting each other and getting past that first year so you know um, I had a couple of those first anniversary beers and they are awesome, but I'm just really, you know, it's really exciting because for a consumer, it's it's really great, right? There's all these breweries all over the place, but it, that makes it even more competitive, and you have to put out a good product and the branding and the visual aspect of it, which you're bringing to life, is a you know key part of that success.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. It's like a big family working together to just create create stuff create art create beer create good food everything
0: it is a good time to be alive and uh we look forward to celebrating in you know a couple beers in 3d when we get back up there in a few weeks and just yeah just want to thank you in person but i, I appreciate it and uh really excited to, to have you you know be a part of the project
1: yeah please come visit i'll get you a beer
0: all right i know girl it's awesome <laughs> there we go yeah And there you have it folks Episode 124 is in the books Laura Bramley Sugar is great for you Definitive Brewing Theartofcrapbeer.com really psyched It's going to be awesome September 28th and 29th If you have yet to be in Head up to One Industrial Way Meet the newest member Definitive They're just celebrating their first year So I'm not even sure if that's true anymore But they're crushing it It's just a really good time there play some old school Nintendo and just kind of, you know, see what they have up their sleeves. they you know, the portals, the sours are doing, if you listened to a couple episodes ago with Ryan Adams, you know, he was, you know, talking about how he's been crushing those. We picked up some of those while we are up there. The stouts are doing a great, they did a great collab with Burlington Beer Company, had some maple in it. It was delicious. And uh, just looking forward to crushing a few more arm twisted when I get back up there in September. Obviously, I'm hoping by the time this airs, we've had a few in vacation land. The beers taste better when they're just like right off the tap right there. So hopefully you are take some advice from us. We don't give a lot of advice, but if you've got to come to Portland, come to Maine, Bridgeton, Harrison, Norway, you know, Let's, uh, real quick, we're going to take a quick moment. We're going to tell you about the artist. So, since Lauren is, you know, we have a full six pack right now. We've got a few more that are in the works and negotiations. But we've got kind of these are all alumni, you know, from previous episodes. But we have Dean McKeever, you know him from Treehouse, Vitamin C Brewing, and a slew of others. He's one of our OGs, feature episode number four. Heidi Geist, who's back from the road, the 48 Beer Project, episode 11. Too many breweries to list. So we're excited to have those both, both of those crew come back from last year's in New Haven. Then the rest of the squad is all brand new for us. we got Earl Holloway with KCBC out of Brooklyn. He was on episode number 36. AJ DeWitt, Abigail, from Monday Night Brewing Garage. She was on episode number 63. She does some wonderful drawings and illustrations with wonderful animals. And just, you know, she's really been a key part of that brand. Another another mainer, which we're super excited about, Erica Nolhaus from Norway Brewing Company. She's going to be a featured artist in season 12. So look for that. And then we have Laura Bramley, Defender Brewing, episode 124. Sugar is great for you right here on the 16-ounce canvas. So get in touch. Let us know what you think. We have glassware. You can still buy the Dune Hagger version. We have that in the store, 16ouncecanvas.com backslash store pretty soon just confirmed it or quad confirmed it probably you know robbie's probably getting sick of hearing from me but september is our 16 ounce doodle or die with robbie davis maybe we'll do instead of saying annually we'll do it every two years we've worked on a whole batch of words kind of uh, brain dumps into this file we kind of spit back and forth through each other and so really excited you know hopefully you'll agree to participate in that then if you haven't already check us out on our interview we did on Heritage Radio's beer sessions with Jimmy Carbone. We had Earl. We had Daniel Birch from Barrier and Alewife, and then uh, New York Times writer and author Josh Bernstein was there. We had a really great discussion about label art, where it's been, where it's going, what to expect, some favorites. And I uh, just want to thank Jimmy for you know giving us the opportunity. We kind of uh, curated that, and we're hoping to put something together next year for New York City Beer Week. But... Until next time, we thank you. You listen to the 16 ounce canvas episode 124, Laura Bramley. Sugar is great for you. It's not, but it is when you see the work that she's doing. Check her on Instagram. Follow along. Those labels are great. Good stories. Love learning about stuff like that. And just makes me appreciate you know the great people at Definitive just a little bit more. So thank you. Thank you. You're cool. That's right. I'm out. Back to Vacation Land.